I'm going to invite you, if you can, go with me to the book of Acts. We have been in a series called Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Someone say Unstoppable. Unstoppable. And this series is based on the book of Acts, the fathers in particular. It reads this way in the English Standard Version. Now, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Could someone say boldness? While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through your name, through the name of your holy servant Jesus, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Let's, say, let's all say that word together again. Say boldness. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your spirit today. I ask God that... In these next moments that we have together, Lord, that you will anoint my lips of clay to preach this word just as you have conveyed it me, Lord, that I might glorify you today through this message, Lord, and that we as a church would be edified, strengthened, renewed, emboldened today, God, to answer your call to be the church, to be men and women of God in this hour, Lord. I pray for an anointing upon this congregation today, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everyone say amen. For danger, as showing a fearless or daring spirit. That's what it means to be bold. It is to be fearless before danger or to have a daring spirit. In a world that craves conformity and control, being bold more than ever is a revolutionary act. Boldness defies the status quo. Boldness by its nature is countercultural. It goes against the grain. It refuses to bow or to blend in. Boldness is a daring spirit to stand out. Amen. To stand up, to stand tall, and stand alone if necessary. Could somebody say amen today? I said, can somebody say amen today? Boldness cannot be driven by our flesh. It cannot be the work of or the product of our flesh. We need more than just human boldness. Human boldness is not what I have come to preach today because, and this is the focal point of our text today where the apostles realized that they needed a baptism of boldness in order to grow and to compel the church and propel the church forward. And this came at a very, very early stage. In fact, the church was in its infancy phase. It had just inaugurated. And just a couple of chapters prior in Acts chapter 2, 
on the day of Pentecost where the Spirit of God was poured out upon the church and they all spoke in tongues. So the church was in its very early, very early formative season and already they found themselves at a point where they needed supernatural boldness in order to continue the work of God. And Acts chapter 4 recounts a decisive moment in those early stages of the church. Here we encounter the apostles Peter and John who had recently administered healing to a man who was lame from birth. In Acts chapter 3 at the temple gate called Beautiful. And I know we heard a message about that last Sunday about that miracle at the gate. And these were the moments just after that And this miracle, as dramatic and as powerful as it was, drew significant interest. It drew a crowd and people that gathered around to celebrate and to investigate what had happened with this lame man. And what it did was it gave the Apostle Peter a golden opportunity to preach the gospel to these hearts who were now open and softened by what they saw, this miracle that took place. And that's really what miracles ought to do. Miracles and healings and signs and wonders are not an end unto themselves. Those are simply platforms that God uses so that the word and the gospel might enter the hearts of people. Amen, somebody. We don't just gather just to have signs and wonders. No, those things are to follow us. But the point of miracles, the point of power is so that the word of God might enter the hearts of people and they might be saved and come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And this is exactly what Peter was hoping to do. However, what began to happen and unfold in their midst is that their actions caught the attention of the religious authorities. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes, greatly disturbed by the teachings of the Apostle Peter and the growing number of believers They sought to silence them. And so what they did in in hopes of of hindering the the church from moving forward and from the gospel from being propagated is that they they incarcerated. They uh, they went and, and they handcuffed Peter and John and they brought them in and they started to interrogate them and ask them questions and they held them in custody Because they didn't want the message of Jesus Christ to spread. They didn't want the message uh, of the gospel to continue. But I want you to notice something here. Something that just kind of sticks out to me from the very beginning is that the early church did not pray. This This is key. Did not pray for their circumstances to change. Rather, they prayed and asked God to empower and embolden them to make the best use of the circumstances that they were dealt in order to bring glory to his name. That looks very different from what most Christians do whenever they go into trouble, whenever they face trouble. Our first inclination, let's just be honest today, is to ask God to change our circumstances, right? God, I'm in trouble, so change my trouble. God, I'm facing opposition, so can you remove the opposition? Can you remove the thing that's causing me a problem? Come on. Can you remove the person that's causing me a problem? (laughs) That tends to be what we do. 
But the apostles didn't say, God, change our circumstances. They said, Lord, change the way we view our circumstances. Give us boldness to face this situation that is before. And I think that that is a key ingredient that is needed in the church today. You, you say, why do we need that ingredient? Why? Because you're going to face opposition whether you like it or not. You're going to face trouble whether you like it or not. And not every situation and not every trouble and not every trial and tribulation and opposition is God just going to remove for you very casually and easily. There are going to be some things in our life, some things in this world, some things in our homes, some things in our marriages, in our family that are not just going to be easily dismissed. And so we've got to learn how to pray for a spiritual boldness to come upon us that God would help us to face those things having to defend themselves for something innocently enough that took place I want you to notice here that nobody including the religious authorities that opposed them nobody took issue with the fact that this lame man was healed read it carefully they didn't have a problem with the fact that this man who was once lame was now walking Trouble really began when they began to preach Jesus. Mm. It's when they began to talk about Jesus and preach and push the gospel uh, and begin to teach uh, the, the words of Christ. Uh, that's when they started to push against the religious norms. That's when the claws of their enemies came out. People in general, I want to tell you today, I want to help you to understand, the world in general doesn't have a problem so much with people getting healed and people getting uh, and people having miracles because what can they say about that? If somebody was lame and they walk out healed, I mean, well, they can't deny what they're saying. They don't have a problem with that necessarily. But the moment you start talking about Jesus, that changes everything. It's not the miracles. It's the message that's going to cause opposition. It's the message. Someone say the message. Can I tell you something? You really don't know who your enemies are until you start thinking for yourself. You really don't know who your enemies are until you start saying something that not everyone else is saying. Until you start doing things that are different. When you start marching to the beat of your own drum. When you start, when you, when you refuse to conform to the culture. Come on now somebody. When you, when you defy the system that is designed now. And that's why they hated him. They viewed Jesus as a direct threat to their ideology. As a direct threat to their way of life. And ultimately to their power structure. So what did they try to do? They tried to censor him. They tried to silence him until ultimately they crucified him. Let me briefly explain to you how opposition works. Whether it's coming from the world, whether it's coming from the devil, or enemies. There are three stages to opposition. I want to help you understand this today. Can I break this down? Someone say, go ahead. There are three stages to opposition. Number one is the disagreement stage. This is the realization of opposite positions. This is when you come to the awareness that you hold a position, a view, a belief that is contrary to someone else or to something else. Disagreement. The second is uh, deception. 
The second stage of deception is an effort to weaken your position through compromise. Once a disagreement has now come to light, there is now an effort to deceive and an effort to weaken where you stand as a child of God, as an individual, as a father, as a mother. The third is confrontation. When they realize that they can't deceive you, and they can, when they realize that you won't compromise and you won't budge from where you are, then that's when the claws start coming out. All right, somebody. That's when they try to eliminate you, and your, that is the ultimate goal, to eliminate you and your position, where you stand. Let me get down into this a little further. Opposition begins at that disagreement level. And ideally, I think this is where most of us would want it to stay. The best case scenario for thing as coexisting. Coexisting is a lie from the pits of hell. The devil is not interested in coexisting with you, my friend. He's not interested in everybody playing along and getting along. His ultimate goal is to eradicate you and your spiritual bloodline and to cut off the blessings of God from your life. You ever seen those little bumper stickers, coexist? Don't they bother you with all the religious little symbols there? You're like, oh, that's a lie. That's a lie. Coexist. We can't. That's not their agenda. They don't want to just coexist. And I'm not just targeting one group of people right now. I'm talking to any opposition that comes against you. Spiritual opposition. Opposition then moves to weaken your position through compromise. They say, okay, this is what the, what the uh, religious authorities did with Peter and John. You know what? We're not going to change these guys' minds. We're going to keep, but, but he refused to compromise. When he refused to meet them in the middle somewhere, that's when, they, and that's when they amped it up. That's when things escalated very quickly. And the Bible says that they further threatened them. When you don't compromise, the opposition will then confront you and their hate and hostility will increase towards you, your beliefs, your convictions, your position, and they will threaten any way they can and the enemy will threaten any way he can to counsel you, to impose. Have you noticed that it seems like no matter where you go, we have reached a point in our culture and our society where the enemy and the spirit of the world and the antichrist agenda is not satisfied with coexisting anymore. They're not saying to the church, you can keep being the church and preach it and that's fine and we'll do what we're going to know now they want to shove their agenda down our throats every chance they get until weak bend to conform to whatever ideology that they phobe everything you can imagine and then you see the claws come out hey i thought we were all love huh what happened to the love someone say where's the love hey where's the love I thought we were all love here. Huh. And, 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 and because it's not enough for them. It's not enough for the world. It's not enough for the devil. He is not interested in making a deal. He's not. He wants complete control and dominance. 
He wants to take over, but I got news for the devil today. I've got news for the enemy today. I've got news for the world today. That greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, somebody. I got news for the devil that there's no weapon for. Come on, is there anybody here today that knows that there's no weapon formed against the church that shall be able to prosper? You and I are victorious. You and I are part of an unstoppable church. Come on, somebody. Give God some glory today. Hallelujah. We're part of an unstoppable church And I have come today to infuse and inject Boldness, hallelujah And courage and bravery And a spirit of faith A daring spirit Into every member of this church And every husband and man especially That you square your shoulders And you keep that spiritual backbone in your life And say this is where I draw the line I'm going to stand for God And I'm going to raise my children In the fear of the Lord And I'm going to fight the good fight of faith Come on somebody to give God some praise today. The church is unstoppable. The church, and what they show us is how boldness, this is my second point today, how boldness is indispensable. After being released, Peter and John face intense pressure to suspend their ministerial operations and to simply cry with the religious rulers who were essentially the cultural rulers also at that time. And what they did next exemplifies church what we must do in response to opposition because we cannot just keep going about business as usual and expect the same outcome we have also have got to take it up to another level hallelujah we cannot just go with our blindfolds on and and just you know dig our head in the sand and just wait for the rapture no as long as we are here we need to be like these apostles and pray that God would infuse us and baptize us with a holy boldness and we've got to break through the boldness today come on somebody clap unto God right now hallelujah we've got to break through the boldness how do I break through number one you got to connect with the right people I'm only going to be a few more moments but listen you got to connect with the right people how can I break through the boldness you got to get connected to the right people. Verse 23 says that the apostles, when they were released, they were released that they went to their friends and reported that what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. The first place that Peter and John went was to a company of mature, uh, strong believers. They went to a company of praying men and others who were like-minded, who were strong in the faith, and they went to them and they shared. They said, you better be careful who you tell your problems to. Come on now, somebody. Oh, I'm going to get in your business now. I said, you better be careful who you're telling your problems to, who you're opening up your heart to, who you're confessing fighting to because these men said we can't just go to anybody we go we go we got to go to the right people and I want to ask you a question today who are your friends and in what ways do they influence you we need to get away from people who make excuses amen we need to get away from people who don't bear fruit we need to get away from people who, who, who you know, who are just, uh, who, who are not repentant. We need to get away from people, who, jealous people and bitter people and carnal people. People who are not making you stronger. People who are not helping you. You got to get around people who know how to pray. Come on now, somebody. Is this all right today? Hallelujah. I said, you got to get around people who know how to pray. You got to get around people who know the gospel. 
not the gossip. You got people with itching ears. They want to hear your problems so that they can go tell other people about what's going on in your life. Huh? They say, oh, I, I pinky promise. I won't tell anybody. Huh? I'm going to break your pinky. That's what I'm going to do. Just kidding. <laughs> that was the flesh. That wasn't the spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God I have the Holy Ghost. Amen. How many of you say, thank God I got the Holy Ghost, right? You don't want to know Pastor Jacob without the Holy Ghost. Thank God. And I don't want to know you without the Holy Ghost either. <laughs> you got to be careful who you go to. Careful who you talk to. Are they people who, who, who know how to serve? Are they people who know how to give? Because there are others that are there. They're, 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 all they want to do is nurse you and baby you. You know, they just want to. <laughs> they want to nurse your wounds so that you'll stay wounded and never get better. Because they want you to be as miserable as they are. Mm, my God. They want you to be as disgruntled, as bitter as they are. You need to get around the right people. You need to get around people that are in the word. Come on now, somebody. People that are in the word. People who have been reading the word. People who cannot quote the latest quote on Twitter and the latest uh, hot saying, the latest hot take. But people who can quote scripture to you and say, thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. That God has not given us a spirit of fear. Come on now. But a power of love and a sound mind. Come on. Wipe that frown off of your face. You need people that when you come to them, they're not going to sit there and baby you and say, oh, poor is he the poor. No, they're going to challenge you and say, no, you got to rise up in your face. You got to stand tall. This is not the hour to quit. This is not the hour to give up. Come on. Wipe those tears from your eye. Stand tall. Hallelujah. That, that's the kind of people we need in our life. Secondly, is you got to magnify the Lord in worship. How do I break through to boldness? You got to magnify the Lord in worship. You got to become a worshiper. Verse 24 tells us that when they had heard it, the people, the friends, the company, they lifted up their voices together with God and they began to worship. It says, Sovereign Lord, they said, Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the, and the sea and everything that's in them. You read in verse 24, they lifted up their voices in worship and they lifted up their voices in praise and they began to lift up their, their worship unto God and they started putting their focus on the Lord and they started singing and they started crying out and they started magnifying the Lord and telling God how great he is I'm just about done when you get a magnifying glass and you put it over an object you're not changing the dimensions of the object it's just as big as it always was but what you do is increase your vision of the object you see it bigger in your life when you magnify the Lord in worship you're not making God bigger because God is already big come on somebody say amen he already already feels all time and space but when you magnify the Lord you are making your vision of him bigger you see that God is greater than everything that you're facing in your life you see that why you brought in your view of God and you see that if God be for me who can be against me come on for 30 seconds can you lift up your voices right now for 30 seconds can you just magnify by the Lord in worship. Can you just tell him how great? Come on, somebody tell him how great he is. Lord, you are great. Lord, you are marvelous. You're the maker of heaven and earth and the sea. You're the creator of all things. You are God and you are great. The great I am. 
yes you are you are God hallelujah come on can you worship him just for a few moments right there where you are oh hallelujah Jesus come on hallelujah this is not for me this is for him you gotta be a worshiper oh I'm here to tell you fathers you gotta teach your children how to worship you gotta show them that when you come into the house of the Lord you gotta be like David that said I was glad when they said unto me let us go unto the house of the Lord get your children get your wife get them in the car make sure they comb their hair and they're ready to go and say let's get to the house of God and let's give them our very best praise let's lift up our voices together they ought to see their fathers with their hands lifted they ought to we gotta show them how to worship God and show them how to praise God somebody say hallelujah today somebody say amen today that's what we've got to do to do. I invite you to stand with me. The third thing they did is they prayed for supernatural boldness. After they got with the right people and after they told God how great he was. Oh, our God is greater than our adversary. Our God is greater than our opposition. Our God is greater than our enemy. Our God is greater than the world. Jesus said, in this world there will be trouble, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. Oh, my Lord. Oh, God is greater than all of that. He sits on the circle of the earth. The earth is his footstool. God is great. And then they started to pray and they said Lord look upon the threats and grant to your service to continue to speak your word with boldness. And this church is what we've got to do. We've got to pray like we've never prayed before for boldness. And say God give me boldness in this hour so that I don't cower God. And so that I don't retreat Lord. Oh God, give me boldness to stand because you cannot be neutral in this hour. You cannot be neutral in the times that we are living in. You've got to take a stand. You've got to let it be known where you stand. Oh, hallelujah. You've got to draw that line. You've got to. You've got to pray for boldness. Say, God, give me boldness today, Lord. And when they begin to pray, something powerful happens. The Bible says in verse 31 that the room began to shake. Oh, something happens when we start to call on the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Something happens when we, give in the, when we begin to pray in faith. The room began to shake. Hallelujah. Oh, just like it did on the day of Pentecost. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, God wants to do the same in our midst today. If we will call upon him if we will worship him if we will lift up our voices in prayer today God said I will fill you with supernatural boldness I'll give you what you need to stand